Moses in the Bible in Exodus chapter 33 had a question about the future that he was stepping into. Moses was the leader of God's people, led over a million people. And he was, his leadership to me is such an example of how we should lead our lives, our families, our careers, or any aspect of leadership. I think God's put greatness in every single person here today. Uh, that, that's part of our heart here. And that's why we talk about things like Serve Team Sundays. Because we, I don't believe God makes junk. I believe God makes people full of purpose. And it's our opportunity. It's the joy of my life to be able to unearth the fingerprint of God on every single person. I think the world is so fast to throw people away and categorize people. But God, I believe, puts his fingerprint on every single person and puts leadership capacity and ability in all of us so that we can go and make a difference. And this is what Moses did. Moses had had an incredible journey with God. His journey started with his own self-confidence, trying to figure it out by himself. He tried to fulfill the plan and purpose of God, and it didn't work out. And if you're, uh, if you've, if you're like me, you've done that before. You've tried to kind of do it on your own, and it doesn't work out very well. And can I get an amen? And, and that's what Moses did, and it led him to a place where whenever he was empty of himself, and he, uh, the Bible says at one point in the book of Acts, Moses was a mighty man of word and, and deed. And then when we find him after he had tried to do it on his own, he couldn't even speak. He had a stuttering problem. And, and, and it, it's as if he got to the end of himself. And when he got to the end of himself, God says, okay, I'm ready to use you now if, you, if you're willing to give me your life. And so Moses then becomes the leader of God's people and, and has this discourse with God that I think is so powerful for each and every one of us. It says, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me lead these people. But watch what he says. But you have not let me know whom you're going to send with me. Don't you love Moses' heart? He's simply saying, God, I, I know I can't do this on my own. He says, you said I know you by name and you found favor with me. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, I love Moses, his heart. He says, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Moses had a heart to simply say this, God, I don't just want to make this journey on my own, but God, I have to have your presence with me. If you're taking notes, simply here's the first one, that Moses refused to move forward without God's presence in his life. Moses had a heart where he said, God, I don't want to take a step forward in my life into a new season God, unless your blessing and your favors on my life. And church, if, if we can learn anything from the life of Moses today, let's learn this one, that we can't step into a new year. We, we don't want to step into a new year without the blessing and the favor of Almighty God and the presence of God with us. Moses said, I'm not just interested in your blessing, God. I'm interested in your presence. I want your presence to go with me everywhere that I go. I think Moses was like this because Moses knew what it was like to live without his presence. And, and, and Moses had come to the reality that, that, that God and God alone is the source of his strength. God and God alone is the source of his life. That, that he's nothing without the presence of Almighty God. And church, if I could just say this, without the presence of God, this church is nothing. Without the presence of God, we may do a lot of human things. But it's only the hand of God that, does, that can take what we do and turn it into something that makes a difference. It's like David in the Bible. He just had this five smooth stones and a, and a normal 
normal shepherd's sling. But, but it was the favor and the hand and the presence of God that turned that little simple weapon into a giant killing weapon. And, and when we give our ordinary to God, he can turn it and do an extraordinary thing. God can put the super on our natural and it changes the world. And Moses said, God, I can't go forward without your presence. So if you're anything like me, you wonder, well, I kind of thought God was everywhere. How, do you, how did Moses not have God's presence? You know, the Bible says that, you know, Jesus said, I'll, I'm with you always. We understand that, that God's kind of everywhere. So what was Moses talking about? What, were, what are we talking about the presence of God? This isn't in your notes, but here's just some things about the presence of God. The first aspect of the Bible, uh, the scripture, when it comes to the presence of God, is we, we see that God is omnipresent, the omnipresence of God, which means God's everywhere. You can't go anywhere where God is not. That, that God is all over the world. He's here and he's there all at the same time. God truly is omnipresent. That you could go anywhere and you're not going you're, you're to leave the presence of God. But here's another aspect of the presence of God. It's the inner presence of God. This is what the Bible talks about believers being full of, filled with the Holy Spirit. That, that, that God, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit actually comes to live inside of the life of a believer and they're baptized in the Spirit, full of the Spirit, that, that the Spirit of God is inside of, of us as believers. But then the third aspect, and what I want to focus on today are kind of these last two aspects, but the third is, that, is the manifest presence of God. What Moses was saying is simply this, God, I know you're everywhere, but God, I want your manifest presence to go with me. In other words, I want you to do what only you can do on the journey that I'm on. That there's a difference between, yeah, God's everywhere, but God, I want you to manifest yourself. It'd be the difference, it'd be like this. I love this example. It's as if, say here at the 11, at the 10, 15 service, there's a billionaire, multi-billionaire. And maybe there is. Um, manifest yourself, you know, and... <laughs> So, so what if a multi-billionaire was here today um, and decided to do what only a multi-billionaire could do, st- stood up and took their checkbook out and started writing million-dollar checks to every single person starting over here. Miss Christina, here's a million dollars. Miss Kara, here's a million. You know, and, just, and just all down the line, every single person d- doing what only someone with, with that type of wealth could do and, and just started doing that and started essentially manifesting themselves and if, any, if you want to manifest yourself that way, go ahead all over the house. Whatever. But somebody's getting blessed this morning. But see, it would, it's one thing to have that in the house. Is this making sense? It's one thing to have that capacity in the house. It's another thing for that to manifest and it bless your life. It's another thing for it to manifest and it to change something. And the reality is that God's everywhere, but not everywhere experiences the manifest presence and blessing of God. And Moses is simply saying, God, I don't want to just go just with this knowledge that you're everywhere. God, I want you to do what I could never do on the daily aspects of my life and my journey and my leadership. God, would you manifest your presence in me? Church, that's my prayer for this, for this gathering today. I pray that you walk away receiving more than just three songs and a sermon. I pray that you walk away saying God was in that place. That I received healings and blessings and all these things. I can't bless you. I can't heal you. But, but if God would manifest himself in this place, anything can happen. That's why when we come in here, we lift up our hands freely and we sing to, to God. Whenever we do these type of things, I believe we're creating an atmosphere where God can freely manifest himself in this place. The Bible says, that, says this, that, that, that God, 
that God dwells or is enthroned on the praises of his people. So God simply saying, yes, I'm everywhere, but if you'll praise me, I'll, sit, I'll, I'll make that a throne and I'll manifest myself in that place. That, that if you'll get out of your comfort zone a little bit and give me some praise, God says, awesome, you've just created an environment that I can manifest myself into. And so I believe during this 21 days of prayer, we can create an environment in our lives, in our homes, in our families, where yes, God is everywhere, but God can start showing his glory and manifest his blessing and his favor so that where we're going, God is doing what only God can do. God is doing what we could never do. And this is what Moses wanted, the the presence of God in his life. I think in my life it's so easy to be more concerned with the presence that God gives me than I am the presence that is him. The presence of God. You know, as, as a dad, especially around Christmas, there's so many presents uh, that my kids receive and get. And, and, and it gets to a point, I love giving gifts to, to my kids. I love seeing them open them. But but then whenever all it is is about the presence, it just kind of it, it, it it gets, gets annoying, kind of gets on your nerves. We, we, we had so many Christmases because of family and grandparents and all this stuff. And it got to the point where we went to the, we, we had been, you know, the kids had all kinds of things, big and small. And for days had been opening presents. And then we went to Target together. And it was as if my kids had not received one thing for Christmas. I'm sure everybody at the store thought I was the worst dad on the planet because I was saying, no, you can't have that. No, you can't have that. And, and there was something in me. I was frustrated because they had got all of these things, but all they want, they were just more things. It was just things, 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 things. And then juxtapose that to what if those of you that are parents, you know, only kids can do when they jump up in your lap and they're like, mom, dad, I love you. You're the best in the world. You're like, where's my checkbook? What do you want? Where do you want to go? I'll give you anything. Why? Because whenever they say they love just your presence, not just the presence that you give, it causes you to want to give things. <laughs> and, and, and I want us this new year to value the presence of God, not just what God gives us. So as we enter into this 21 days of prayer, as we enter into 2018, my goal in prayer is that we wouldn't just come to it with a list of God, give me this. God, give me more. God, I want another present, which he wants to give us. There's nothing wrong with asking. We ask for our daily bread. But more than that, God, I want your presence. I want your spirit. I want you more than I want anything else. I want you more than I want your stuff. John Piper, a pastor, says this. He says, the critical question for our generation and every generation is this. If you could have heaven with no sickness, with all the friends you've ever had on earth, all the food you've ever liked, all the leisure activities you've ever enjoyed, all the natural beauties you ever saw, all the physical pleasures you ever tasted, and no human conflict or natural disasters, could you be satisfied with heaven if Christ were not there? I think sometimes in our American Christianity, we love the presence, but we miss the presence of God. We, we miss just being satisfied with God. I just want you. Like, that's it. I, I don't want what you'll give me. I, I just want a relationship with you if you're taking notes. Simply this, God is most glorified in us. When we are most satisfied in Him. 
God's most glorified in us when we're most satisfied with saying, Okay, God, I just, I just want you. So here's the question. Are you satisfied? Seriously, in life, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with your health? Are you satisfied with your car? Are you satisfied with your home? Are you satisfied with your career? Are you satisfied with the way your kids are? Are you satisfied with, with all this? And the reality is if we were all honest, we'd probably say no. That's why we make resolutions. That's why we do all these things. And that's good and well and wonderful. But the reality is it's only until... But when you have a relationship with God, if I could ask you the same question, does he satisfy? You'll say, absolutely, he's satisfied. He satisfies me. And when we live our lives, we're saying, okay, God, I want your presence more than I want anything else. God can be glorified in us when we say, okay, God, I'm just satisfied in you. Watch what Moses goes on to say. He says, how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and that, that, that with your people unless you go with us? What else will, be, what will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? He says, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I'm pleased with you. And because I know you by name. And watch the next thing Moses says. Moses says, now show me your glory. Moses is at this place where he says, okay, God, I don't want to go anymore with, without you. I, I need your presence. God says, okay, I'm going to give your presence. He says, God, I want to see your glory. And I don't even understand exactly what all that means, to be honest with you. I don't understand um, what, what, what it means to see the glory of God, uh, if, except to just understand that Moses wanted to have more of God than he had ever experienced in his life. That he, he wasn't just satisfied with where he'd been, that he, he wanted to see all of God in his glory. Like he, he had this revelation that God's so great and I want more of him. And watch, the Lord says, I will. He says, I will. He says, I'll cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, nor anyone will see me and live. And it says in verse 21, the Lord said, there is a place near me. And that's what I've entitled this message today. There is a place. There is a place. That word got so deep down in my heart this week because I felt like the Lord was giving me an invitation to say, there's a place for you. There's a place near me. He said, God, I want your presence. I want your glory. I'm after you with all of my heart. And God says, you know what? As a matter of fact, Moses, I got a place reserved right here for you. It's, it's, it's right here and it's near me. And I've just been waiting for you to want to be here. And I want to say today, you can be as close to God as you want to be because he's prepared a place for you. Yes, he's prepared a place for you in heaven, but I want you to know he's prepared a place for you right here, right now, and it's a place in his presence. It simply says, here's a note for you today, the God of the universe has prepared a place for me. I want you to get this deep down in your heart, that the God of the universe, like the one who created everything, that he, he's, he's prepared a place for me. 
Like, like there's more of God for me to experience than what I've experienced before. I feel like God's been dealing with me about this. That, that Brandon, there's so much more than what you have experienced. And, and there's a place, it's, it's right here near me. And, it, and it's a place where you can encounter my presence and be forever changed. That's, that's what is available to you. The God of the universe has prepared a place for me. So I, I just want to give you just four just very practical things as we enter into 21 days of prayer and fasting of how to take this place, how to set in this place that God has prepared for your life. Here's the first one. Simply this. Set your heart to seek God. You want to take the place that God has prepared for you? You want to experience God's presence like you never have before in your life? Go ahead and set your heart to seek God right here, right now. Like make up in your mind right here on this Sunday morning. Like I, I need more of God. I'm, I'm tired of doing it on my own. I need more of Him. A few months ago, we were having trouble with our DirecTV. And me being Mr. Techie, I thought I could figure it all out. To the point where I had to actually admit and call technical service, like total man fail, and call technical service. And they said, okay, we, you know, we did try to fix it on the phone, didn't fix it. And they said, we need to send out a technician, but it's going to cost $90. Well, I, I just, I didn't want to do it. I didn't, I was, it was hurting my pride already. So I said, okay, fine, send the technician out. He gets there and he says this when he sets it up. I thought it was going to be some big technical issue. And he, he just held up this, this, this plug in. And he said, sir, he said, uh, this, is what, this is the issue. <laughs> he said, this plug-in. And then the plug had this big uh, like sticker that came off of it and said, please plug this in. DirecTV will not work unless this is plugged in. And he just goes, click, plugs it in and turns it on. And, and what do you know? It was fixed. I'm like, you're telling me I paid $90 for somebody to tell me to plug it in? And, uh, it, 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 but, but, the, but the truth is, I think so many times... That, that we're, we're trying to do it, but we're not plugged into the power, right? We're trying to do this life, this Christian journey. But the truth is when we set our heart to seek God, the power of God starts coming into our life. The power of God starts changing us and changing our world. Psalm 63.1 says, Oh God, you are my God, and earnestly I search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in a parched and weary land where there is no water. It says, God, I'm searching for you. God, I'm thirsty for you. God, I'm seeking after you. And here's, 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 this, here's the reality that you can either be, you can either wait to be desperate when you have a desperate situation, or you can go ahead and get desperate right now before the desperation comes. And he essentially says, God, I'm, I'm thirsty for you. I'm, I'm hungry for you. And during this time of prayer and fasting, what I've learned is as, as I fast, I get hungry for God. As I fast, I'm not just hungry for a hamburger, and I am hungry for a hamburger, everybody. But, but the hunger pains are real. Anybody who's fasting, you know. I'm, I've already started my fast today, and I'm like, I, don't even, I usually don't even eat till the afternoon, and I'm already hungry. You know, I'm, already, I'm like, I don't, you're, normally I don't even eat on Sunday mornings, but, 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 but it's just something about being hungry. But there's also a cry that comes out from the depths of your soul where you say, okay, God, I want you more than I want this. I want you more than I want that. God, I, I'm searching for you. I'm hungry for you. I'm searching for you. Psalm 27, it says, it says you said, God, seek my face. And I love this. He says, my heart says to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. Let that be the cry of your heart. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek your face. Now, if I, could, if I could say this, as you prepare for 21 days of prayer and fasting, 
And, and that's really my heart. I mean, hope is that everyone in this place, you would decide to participate in some way. You can come here at 6 a.m. Um, live. We have someone speak every morning. We have live worship. Uh, it's it's an, an incredible time of prayer. And you can ask anyone who's been a part. It's a life-changing uh, experience each and every day. But if it doesn't work for your schedule or uh, you have kids at home or you're traveling, join us online. Uh, we... We uh, cityhills.com or on the church app. It's free. Download it and you can watch it. You can put it on your TV. You can do it however it works for you at home. But, but join us and make the decision that we're going to seek God together. And if I could say this, and this is something I don't think I've done a, a good job of every year as we've done this. But one of the things I want to say is expect opposition when you're seeking God. That's why you got to set your heart, set your faith, set your mind to seek God because things are, things are going to come and try to stop you from seeking God. Like, you're gonna, you're, you, it's going to be cold. You know, it's, it's, the coldest of the, it's the coldest time of the year, right? Well, it could stop you. It, you're, you could have car trouble. You could have all kinds. Of, don't be surprised when things happen when you seek God because the enemy's not happy whenever you start taking ground and start seeking after God in, in, in ways like you never have before. It's, it's amazing. And don't be surprised by it whenever stuff starts going crazy because it's just the enemy lying to you. The Bible says that Satan goes around like a roaring lion. It doesn't say he is a roaring lion. He says he just, he just roars like one. So whenever all that stuff starts happening, you just let it be confirmation that you're heading in the right direction. And this happens to me personally. This happens to the church. It's happened this morning. I woke up. We have a trailer out back that we keep all of our signage. We keep our baptistry. We keep all of that in out back. It's locked up under lock and key. And this morning we got here and someone last night, honestly, someone stole our trailer last night. And then we come, we come in, no lie, we come in and then our, our, our heat is broken over at our kids' facility and we have all kinds of heaters. Everyone's come together and brought heaters. So no signs, no visitor parking things, no all that. And, and our trailer's gone, all that. And so, so the team, I'm just getting call after call. And I told Kara, I, from, the first time, from the first thing this morning, I thought, we must be doing something right. Why? Because this stuff's happened. And I can tell you every single season where there's been all kinds of stuff. But guys, I want to tell you, the enemy's just he's, just, he's just trying to do what he does and distract us. It's not going to distract us. I just told the enemy, you can do all you're going to do. We're going to see revival in this city like we never have before. You can bark all you want to. You can scream all you want to. But we've already set our heart as a church. We're going to seek God. I don't care if there's not a sign. I don't care if there's not a church. We're going to come and we're going to seek after God. So don't be surprised when opposition comes. It's just part of the journey. Let it be confirmation that you're heading in the right direction whenever things start happening. Here's the second thing. Get out of your comfort zone. You want to experience the presence of God? Get out of your comfort zone. We all have it. We all have a comfort zone. If your comfort zone in worship is carrying the TV, why don't you, why don't you give God a, my fish was this big? You know? Or you can, or you can do the. Was, was the, the next one is, is touchdown, right? <laughs> but, but whatever you do, we all kind of have our comfort zone that, that, that we're, we're that we're in in worship and in, in life. And we talk about fasting. Maybe you've done something before. If I could just encourage you as a friend, as as your pastor, let's do something you've never done before. Because if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always had. But let's get out of our comfort zone and do something new and give God an opportunity to move in our lives. 
I encourage you, get out of your comfort zone during these next few weeks in worship. Get out of your comfort zone. If that means whenever we're done and this message is over and we sing, if that means you getting out of your seat and standing or, or bowing at your, I don't know what that even means for you. Whatever getting out of your comfort zone means, I promise you, God's presence will meet you at the end of you. God's presence will meet you when you get empty of yourself. You'll get full of God and wake up early in the morning. Get out of your comfort zone. Do something extra to fast, not because you're trying to manipulate God or pay penance to God or get God to love you. If I could just help you out, you couldn't do anything in your whole life to get God to love you any more than he does right now. You could go and win the whole entire nation of China to the Lord and he wouldn't love you any more then than he does right now because he once and for all at the cross showed you how much he loves you. So fasting and prayer is not about getting God to love us. It's about aligning us for the assignment that God has for us. It's for us doing like what Moses did where we say, God, I don't want to go unless your presence is going with me in my life. Get out of your comfort zone. The scripture says this in Joel 2. It says, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart and fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart, not your garments. In other words, I'm not, I'm not after you doing some outward thing that, 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 that everyone else around you is doing. I'm not, I'm not just asking for you to do something. I'm asking for your heart. It says, return to the Lord, your God. Here's the third thing. Request God's presence. Request God's presence. This is what Moses did. And if I could just encourage us as a church, ask God to fill you with his spirit like you never have before during these next three weeks. And let it start today. You say, well, I don't, I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know exactly what that looks like. Let me just show you simply what Jesus said. He said, if you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. No hoops to jump through. Just a simple request. If I could just challenge us. Why don't you in your own way. In your own heart. And maybe even do it right now in your, in your seat. Just simply say Holy Spirit. Would you feel me? Holy Spirit. Would you change me? I want more of the spirit of God in my life. I, I want more of the spirit of God in this church. I want this place to shake with the power of God when we come together. Because that's what the early church did. It says when they prayed, the place was shaken. I want to kind of connect that to prayer. That, that, that doesn't say that, that when they preached, the place was shaken. It doesn't even say when they were singing, the place was shaken. All those are, are wonderful things. But there's something about a church that get down, gets down on their knees and says, God, I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to pray. God, I'm going to seek after you with all my heart. It says the place where they were gathered was shaken. That's what we need in this city. We need a shaking. We, we need a shaking with the presence of God where people that are lost and broken can come in this place and find healing and so that we could go out from this place and share the healing in the hope that's only found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Man, let's be filled with the spirit. Let's ask God to fill us with his spirit. Let's ask God to to, to just request every day when you wake up in the morning. Good morning, Holy Spirit. That's what I try to do every morning. Good morning, Holy Spirit. As I wake up in the morning, I, I, I want you to guide me. I want you to change me. Walking with the Holy Spirit is 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 much like Walking with the dove. In the, in the scripture, the Holy Spirit is 
uh, personified uh, in, in, in the life of Jesus, the baptism of Jesus as a dove. Said the Holy Spirit descended as a dove. And, and I try to imagine what it would be like to walk around with a dove on my shoulder. If you ran, if you ran too fast, if, if, you, if, if you just, if you made crazy uh, actions and movements, you would, the dove would, would not rest and remain. But, but if you will walk with purpose and, and, and with your heart realizing, man, the presence of God is with me. The power of God is with me. I try to allow God to fill me every single day, live with this awareness of God's spirit in our lives. Here's the fourth thing. Expect results. We're not doing this just with hope that it's going to work out, with hope that something's going to change, with hope that it's going to be good. We're doing this, and we're expecting God to do awesome things. It's just an expectation. Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and watch this, so powerful, that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. It doesn't say that He's a rewarder of them who find Him. That's what I would think. That he's a rewarder of them that find him. No, it says the reward is for the seeker, not the finder. That, that, that God has, 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 has put away blessings just waiting on someone to seek after them. A few years ago, my mom reached out to me and told me that I, that, that I had money that I didn't know anything about. And I was like, speak to me of this money I know nothing of. I need this money. And I said, what, what are you talking about? She said, well, in the state of Kentucky, where I grew up, said there's a website called Unclaimed uh, Property. And any rebate that you've ever had applied for or something with the cell phone company or whatever, and I, I had a couple hundred dollars that was, lit, that was mine. I just hadn't claimed it. And somebody, may, you may need to find out if you have that as well. But I think the same is in the kingdom of God, that God is waiting for somebody to seek him diligently. And, and, and that's, that's what this 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's just the diligent seeking. God, I, I'm seeking you every day. God, I'm seeking you every morning. God, I, I, I want to seek you. And God says, hey, you need to have faith that, that I'm going to reward you just for seeking after me. And here's Isaiah chapter 58, verse 8. Speaking of a time where the people of God had been fasting in prayer, it says, praying, it says this, Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and He will say, Here am I. And church, I just want to say, God is about to do something in our lives personally like we've never experienced before. We're going to cry. He's going to answer. We're going to seek him. He's going to say, here am I. And God's going to reveal himself to us individually like never before. My prayer is to have a personal revival. I feel like I've stepped into, this 20, I've stepped into many 21 days of prayer asking for God to do things. I feel like when we had our first one, I was asked, praying about the church starting. And, and I feel like I've always kind of had something that I want God to do. And I don't think anything's necessarily wrong with that. But I feel like God's doing a work in my heart. And I, I want to encourage you in this. Is I, I want you to pray this 21 days of prayer. Not just for what God wants to do for you. I want us to pray 
for God to do something in us. When you came in today on your worship guide, there's a uh, post-it note. Something also that, that we do, that we're doing, is we have uh, free binders for everyone uh, that's, that's here today. You're welcome to take one. They're at the doors or in the lobby. You can take one of these binders. And this is actually, you can use these every week. We, we hole punch uh, your message notes every week so that you can keep these. But you'll receive a packet as you leave today if you would like it. And it's, it's this group of papers, and they're hole punched. And what it is, it's a 21 days of prayer and fasting prayer guide. And uh, in each, each page, it just directs us. Each day, there's a different prayer focus. There's questions that you could take and answer. And the, and the, the heart is that let's go on a journey together with God. And let's go on a journey um, with, God's, with the presence of God in our lives. And then even in the back, there's prayer resources. Um, this is, I'm going to teach all about this tomorrow morning. But I, I'm going to talk about uh, the Lord's Prayer and how to pray the Lord's Prayer. And all this is in here. And that literally you could take with you and use it as a guide as you pray. And so, so take that and as you go, as you go today. But, but, but before we leave today, as you see, there's already some um, prayer requests up here. Before this 21 days of prayer is over, this whole stage will be literally covered with prayer requests. Every morning, people will be filling this out and, and praying, and people will be picking them up and praying for them. But I wanted our first request to be not for God to do something in our lives, but I wanted our first request for God to do something in our lives, in us. Forget about God changing your spouse. Forget about God changing the, the, the culture or the, the government or e- e- even your neighbor. Let's, let's pray for God to change us. Let's pray for God to, to, to make us more aware of his presence and his spirit. And in, in that, I believe God will reveal himself and we will experience the place. He said, hey, there's a place near me. I've saved it for you. In my mind's eye, I imagine it uh, like going into a restaurant and seeing the restaurant just full of people. The busyness, the hustle, and the bustle. It's in, and I see a table that's my family and my wife has saved a seat right next to her. I think it's the same. That in the hustle and bustle of life and the craziness, if you could with your mind's eye see where your God has saved, he's saved a seat. For you. It's right here near him. It's right next to him. It's right beside him. And you just have to say, yeah, I want to take it. There's a place near me. If you've been serving God your whole life and, and, and you, this, is, this prayer and fasting is something that's kind of something you've done, been there, done that before. I, I just want to encourage you. There's a place of deeper relationship with God. If you're here today for the very first time and this church thing's all new to you, there's a place that God has prepared for you. If you're here and, and, and you're, you're burdened and this has been a hard season and you're, you're dealing with depression and anxiety, I just want to tell you there's a place for you. Like wherever you are, God invites you to a deeper walk with him. I want to pray for us today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, thank you for preparing a place for us. Thank you, Lord, that you... You want us near you. you. You don't want just us to have a religion. You want us to have a relationship. God, God, you have invited us 
to walk with you every day through your spirit, Lord. We pray we want more of you. God, you've invited us. We want to say, Lord, my heart, I'm going to seek you. So I pray, Lord, you would would empower us over these next three weeks to encounter more of your presence than we ever have before. Because, God, we're we're not smart enough. We're not wise enough. We don't have it together enough to think we can take a step into this new season without your blessing, without your presence, most of all. So, God, we seek after you as a church. I seek after you as a pastor. God, I I say I am not smart enough to lead this church into the next season that you have. God, I say I desperately need your presence. Would you go with us, Lord? We don't want to go so fast that we don't request your presence with us every day. God, I know what it's like to be in my own power, my own strength. Know what it's like to try to satisfy my life with my with the things of this world. Lord, it never satisfies. But God, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. God, we have to have your presence. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and you need God, like God's doing something in your life today, And you say, I I need to give my life to Jesus. We don't want one service to go by without you having an opportunity just to give your life to Jesus. He's in this place. This is a place of freedom. This is a place. We sing it. We sang it earlier. We're about to sing it again. I'm going to lift my hands so I can reach heaven. Heaven's in this place. We just... It's an invitation. We're just going to seek after Him. We're going to reach after God like never before. We've set our heart to seek God. If you're here today and you need Jesus, you need to give your life to Jesus for the first time or first time in a long time. Nobody's looking around, but I just invite you on the count of three, just lift your hand. I would love to pray with you and pray for you today. Why don't you you just be bold this morning? One, two, three. Just lift up your hand. Yes, Jesus. Giving my life to you today. This is I don't, I don't want to go into another day, another season without your hand, without your blessing. All over the house, I'd love to pray for you. Let's pray together. Just say, Jesus, we give our lives to you. We give this season to you. On the first Sunday of this new year, we give this year to you, God. We ask for your presence in our families. We ask for your presence in our homes. We ask for your presence in our jobs. God, we ask for your presence in our lives, Lord, every aspect of us. God, we can't do it without you. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Start fresh and anew today. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I want to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you that you hear me. I thank you that you're inviting us to a deeper place with you. Thank you that there's a place near you that you've reserved for me. I'm going to go there in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.